What up, East High? Hey, folks, we're back again. Here to talk about High School Musical, one minute at a time. Who are we? I'm Condra. I'm Tyler. And Gio's back, Ty. I'm Gio. Hi. <laughs> I was on the last episode. Hi, Gio. Whoa. Welcome and we kept back. you for a whole two days. It's true. In your guest dungeon. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Someone else mentioned it. <laughs> What are we talking about this episode, Condra? We're talking about Minute 48 of High School Musical, which starts out with Sharpay moving slightly closer to Zeke, saying she'd rather stick pins in her eyes, and ends Whoa. with Gabriella asking Tro- or saying to Troy that, asking, saying, a little of both, um, yeah. that everyone on campus wants to be his friend. Truly. I mean, I want to be more than friends with Troy, but we'll get there. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> what? Zac Efron is underage during this movie. Dang. What? So, but but I was seven when this movie came out, so. Okay. Well, um, we we find out how Zeke's flirtation goes, and it does not go um, well. Yeah, Sharpay makes an Oedipus reference. And I love Zeke's reaction, though. <laughs> He's so precious. Okay, we're just going to let my joke go go under. Okay, yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Well, okay, if you want to go the Sharpay, like, talk about your joke. We completely ignored the fact that Taylor, last minute, said if if Sharpay could figure out how to play both Romeo and Juliet, her brother would be out of a job, which then means her brother is playing Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And that's a problem, too. So we are getting into some Oedipus things. Okay. So. Hey, kids, if you don't know what Oedipus is, look it up. Well. Make sure you ask your parents before going online. Look it up if you're, like, over 16. (laughs) I'd say. (laughs) If you're actually kids, maybe you could wait. I don't know if any children actually listen to this podcast. Probably not. I don't know if any people listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> Do we even listen to this podcast? <laughs> Geo does. I do. I listen every day or every week. Not every day. <laughs> you re-listen. you like, I need my fix. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Sharpay denies Zeke's advances. Well, yes. So she says, I'd rather stick pins in my eyes. Um, so we're taking the pin out of the last minute and putting it back in this minute into nice. her eyes. Um, just nice. to call back to the last episode. And Zeke's response, as Condra says, is the most delightful thing. He says, but wouldn't that be awfully uncomfortable? Um, <laughs> He's such a precious Which is just bean. hilarious. It, his delivery makes that line so good. He's so uh, good. There's a way he could have delivered that line, which comes off like really uncomfortably cocky, where he's like, why wouldn't <laughs> you want to go out with me? I'm a basketball hunk. But he delivers it in wouldn't such a clueless way. Awfully uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but instead, he's like concerned and very genuine. Yeah. <laughs> you like, don't hurt your eyes. They're so pretty. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's there's two things. There's. There's awfully and adverbs are adverbs are very silly sounding um, that Lee ending just kind of makes like makes it very lilting and silly sounding. And then uncomfortable, right, is our not a not a light toadies. There's a there's got to be a good uh, word for, you know, 
underemphasis of something. It's the opposite of hyperbole. You've gotten Anyone? very grammary, nope. and I'm lost. Yeah, so. I do not know the word. <laughs> uh, That's there might not be one. I was thinking about hyperbole, but like the opposite of it, I yeah. guess. The idea that like, oh, you'd be uncomfortable if you if you stabbed your eyes, as opposed to like, oh, you'd be in terrible pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a minor inconvenience. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> and then Sharpay says the best line of the movie so far. Oh, not the line I thought you were going to say. This was the line I thought he was going to say. I have this line in my notes. <laughs> I love um, this line. I relate to this line strongly as a short person. <laughs> hey, I resent that as a tall person. <laughs> evaporate tall people. Yes, so Sharpay tells Zeke directly, evaporate tall person, which is a delightful insult. It's so funny. She's so flustered, too. Like, um, (laughs) I honestly wouldn't expect her to be this flustered in this type of situation, but I think she's just so, like, I don't know. To some extent, I think she's so jaded that Zeke's innocence just throws her completely off. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's a little um, confusing because Sharpay is into Troy, as we've seen. And Troy is a basketball boy. She's, we, we don't know if she's into him because he's the, he's the most popular or the popularist, as it were. Or if because she's just like happens to be into him specifically because she finds him cute. Um, it doesn't seem like she's particularly into the fact that he likes that he's into basketball. It's just that basketball is the most important thing in this school. But, well, you know, Zeke is a is a big basketball player and he's like a he's like a popular guy like why wouldn't she be into him well i think part of like sharpay is feigned interest in basketball because of troy like she's asked him questions not caring what the answer was but more just to like engage in conversation with troy because she asked like two weeks before the big game right troy and that like earlier when she tried to shun gabriella yeah (laughs) I've always gotten the impression that Sharpay just likes Troy because he's like the popular guy. Like, like they could be prom king and prom queen together. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think about Gaston from Beauty and the Mm. Beast a little bit, where Mm. like Mm -hmm. he very clearly, like he's like I'm the most popular and beautiful man in the town. And everyone knows Belle's I'm the, the quarterback most, of this town. Yeah, and everyone knows Belle's the most beautiful woman. So shouldn't we be together? Because that's the way the world should work. <laughs> and that's the way I feel I've always felt like Sharpay views the high school, where she's like, I believe that I am the top of this high school in my sort of gender. Uh, and she believes that Troy is the top of, well, I think everybody in the high school that we've seen believes that Troy is the top <laughs> of the high school in. Uh, his gender and so she's like well we should be together because that is the way in this heteronormative world we live in um i just wanted to say that i stole the line i'm the quarterback of this town from an episode of cracked after hours but in the same episode they say the phrase gastonesty is the beast policy and i really like that phrase and i wanted to say it out loud <laughs> thanks <laughs> anyway i'm a tall person i'm going to evaporate now because i'm so embarrassed <laughs> No, it, Gio, you like bring up a good point that Sharpay especially, we have no idea what other people think of Sharpay other than in the very beginning, we saw a few boys like look at her as she walked by, but yeah. we don't know if this, 
like Chad and the basketball boys mocked her at the beginning. So it's like one of those things we have no clue where she stands in the social hierarchy. Yeah, I always read it as like the underclassmen all think she's like the smoking junior, I guess, in this case, like the smoking upperclassmen where they're all like, man, she's so hot and like a cool upperclassman. But like all of the juniors and seniors are like, eh, like we've actually talked with her and she's kind of mean. (laughs) You don't really (laughs) like her that much. Um, Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I I like that interpretation a lot. So then we cut to Gabriella opening her locker and finding a note that kind of slips down as if someone has (laughs) slipped it through the little slits of her locker and she picks it up. And then we get this heinous uh, (laughs) crossfade that seems like she's going into a dream sequence. (laughs) Maybe she is. (laughs) She might be. Maybe this next scene is all in her head. That makes more sense than this next scene. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> also, if it's not a dream sequence, how does Troy know where Gabriella's locker is when she has only been at the school for two days? And the more important question, how does Gabriella know where her own locker is two days in the school? <laughs> yeah. Well, the principal showed her when he took her on a tour. Yeah. I mean, I assume... Like, if Troy's actually got a big crush on her, like, when I had crushes on people in high school, like, I kind of knew generally like where we didn't really do as much with lockers like the note in the locker thing seems very unrealistic but like where they hung out before and after school things like that yeah you stocked them exactly uh as you do (laughs) (laughs) so if troy is like really into gabriella i i think it's not that unrealistic that he would know especially if like gabriella is friendly enough with him to actually just like walk with him to her locker like I don't think it's that unreasonable for him to know where her locker is. Um, Though, yeah, in my life, at least, putting notes in people's lockers was never a thing that really happened. I don't know if either of you have had a different experience. I feel like that happened in middle school, but high school, no one used their lockers. I didn't even have a locker after my first year in high school, but definitely in middle school. So in this crossfade shot, we are fading from... Gabriella at her locker reading this note. We don't actually get to see what the contents of the note are. And then the fade in is Troy kind of standing in the middle of this room. There's a bunch of plants around him. And then we kind of pan down to see Gabriella coming up a flight of stairs. She comes like right in front of the camera and then walks back towards, the, you know, away from the camera towards where Troy is. It's actually a pretty interesting shot, like in terms of, you know, what types of shots we've been getting in this movie. There. Not a lot of like long camera motion and people moving within the camera type things. It's usually more cuts. So Mm. I kind of liked having that kind of scale thing happen. You you bring up a good point, though, Ty, that I guess I like was expecting in my brain, but I never like put to words was that we didn't get like a voiceover of what the note says or we didn't see what the note says. So who knows if the note is actually referring to (laughs) meeting Troy at the top of of the school in this little garden or could have been something else entirely. I would have loved a voiceover of Troy Bolton's smooth (laughs) voice. Gabriella, meet me at the top of the school at 2.10 p.m. Um, Then like a little heart drawn next to his name or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think um, I I can't imagine that the note actually was like, like if if there was actually a note 
it wouldn't she would have needed more explanation like he couldn't have said meet me at the greenhouse because like she clearly like the greenhouse <laughs> clearly isn't something most people know about in this world um which i thought was pretty wild like i think taylor and gabriella maybe not gabriella because she's so new but like if it's the science club science club's place like i'm pretty sure gabriella has been shown to be like pretty good at science at this point and like that would be the type of club taylor would be interested in also just a general i don't know geo we snuck into the greenhouse at college all the time (laughs) that's true um yeah i don't know i just i just thought it was a weird like place for a hideaway when it seemed like a place a lot of people would know about just not basketball or drama people you know well maybe he doesn't care if the science people know he's there like they're just the (laughs) science people it might just be that like it's a time of the day when there like aren't going to be people in there maybe he's skipping class and having gabriella skip class and troy's a bad influence that's that doesn't that i don't think that is true because I don't think Gabriella would do that. But I also like (laughs) the only time I can reasonably assume their meeting is like after school. And that seems like prime science club doing greenhouse things time. Like and basketball time. Or this mysterious free period that we keep hearing about and know nothing (laughs) about. (laughs) Day two of Troy skipping practice to hang out with Gabriella. But it seems like free period is before lunch. Mm. I don't know. Are there two free periods? <laughs> do they have like do they have like really long passing times? Do they ever go to class? Yeah, it's like one of these high schools where they just like are never in class. They're just always in the hallway. I thought this this next line that um Gabriella gives was gonna be your favorite line. It's like a jungle up here. <laughs> this is also a good line. <laughs> Her delivery too is great. I did write in my notes, not at all like a jungle. (laughs) Just like some potted plants. (laughs) Like, I get that she would have said that in terms of like, uh, you're going to meet a boy and you're not really sure what to say and you're in this like weird greenhouse area. Like that, like that does sound like something a nervous 16 year old girl would say. So I'm not saying it's a terrible line for the movie, but it's a terrible line for her in the circumstances. (laughs) Or what if Troy actually wrote like, it's a jungle or something like that. Like the no, <laughs> like Troy is so used to living in Albuquerque with minimal plants. So he's like, wow, more than three plants. It's a jungle. And so Gabrielle is mocking because she is from San Diego where there are more than three plants. There's some sort of zoology joke about how wildcats live in jungles, except they don't really. Oh, that's a good yeah. idea too. I did. I did want to ask, because we had sort of moved past it, but I wanted to say, how how good do you think Troy's handwriting is? Do you think, like, if we had gotten a shot of the note, it would have just been, like, this terrible chicken scratch handwriting? Yeah, it's gotta be. Because that would have been funny. <laughs> like, maybe Gabriella got lost because she thought he wrote 141, but he actually wrote 147. <laughs> and Anyway. So, she kind of figures him out in in a very quick period of time like she knows that he's up here because he's popular and that people want to be his friend and like she like pins him for who east high thinks he is i guess yeah well she says the the weird phrase like you must have this whole school wired which is like weird um and 
implying that he's spying on people, but I think she just means that like, oh, you've got a good understanding of like the the pulse and the beat of the school. Or you just you also know it very well to like know that this place exists on top of knowing how to sneak into the auditorium and know your way around the gym kind of thing like i think she also does have a good read that like and i think what she part of what she's trying to say here as well is like you are you're sort of on top of the school like you know everything and everyone likes you and like yeah i mean literally right now but um just like kind of identifying that he is kind of at the top of the i guess metaphorical high school food chain you know he's the one everyone sees (laughs) Well, he's the wild cat, and the wild cats eat the deer, and the deer eat the grass, and the grass eats the soil. I, I don't, that's food chains, right? That's a food chain, yeah. Yay! Um, don't don't eat the antelope, Dad. <laughs> nice. Yes, but when we die, our bodies become the grass. You know that science circle of life. Um. So, do we want to shill more Disney? Um, yeah, before we shill our decom, Gio, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Minute um, 48? I just thought it was interesting at the very end, Troy Troy kind of doubled down on the idea by saying, like, I, I don't remember exactly his line, but essentially he said that this is, like, a science club place, therefore all of his buddies don't know about it. And I think, I think that's sort of doubling down on the idea that he and to some extent Gabriella are the only multidimensional characters in this high school was like, (laughs) I don't know. I think, I think what the movie is going for is like, you can be multidimensional. Like people are complex and can do more than one thing, but then sort of uh, like there's this whole side plot or like side idea going on where like only two characters in this entire high school are actually multidimensional. And everybody else, at least in this movie, um, <laughs> everybody else does their one thing and that's it. I mean, for now, but presumably eventually people will have moments of growth. Yeah. And I mean, stick to the status quo gives a few other characters moments of like doing more than one thing as well. Zeke Bakes, for yeah. example. Um, if that matters. Poor Zeke. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a line we missed earlier. But... This isn't this isn't as much about this minute, but sort of going on in the future in like the rest of this movie and franchise. Essentially, the for the characters that we keep following and stick to the status quo, mainly Martha and Zeke, their like their turn, their weird uh their weird hobby becomes essentially their character trait. Like mm-hmm. I know this isn't as much about this minute, but we don't really see Martha as a brainiac anymore after this we see her as a dancer um and zeke's a little different but like most of his focus when he's not just kind of a backup dancer in basketball shots ends up being a lot of baking stuff and i think that's also kind of weird that like i mean i think to some extent it's just about the time that it's like it's a tv movie so they don't have the time or space to make all the characters multi-dimensional but I think that's an interesting way to go for a movie that seems to be about being multidimensional. That is a good point. Yeah, I like, yeah, there's kind of this overcorrecting thing that trips it up. Okay, so Kondra, you have a decom for us. Indeed I do. So today's decom, well, this week's decom is Ring of Endless Light, or A Ring of Endless Light, came out in 2002. 
It stars Misha Barton and Ryan Merriman. Merriman. I don't know. Mm. And was directed by Greg Beeman. Oh, boy. Good luck. Um, Ring of Endless Light. So, A Ring of Endless Light. Yep. Tyler, do you know anything about these, like... These these actors or this director, I am not. I do not have the memory for this type of thing that you do. So I don't recognize any no, of I, them. So okay, that helps. perfect. I don't. But it sounded like to to assume genders. It sounded like we had a boy and a girl. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, Ring of Endless Light. You know, it sounds kind of like a like a like a science fiction adventure movie, a la A Wrinkle in Time, where there's some sort of like you know, space, like, destination that they're trying to get to. The oh. Ring of Endless Light kind of being a, kind of being a MacGuffin of some sort. I was definitely... Or not a MacGuffin, but like a, you know, a, a portal yeah. or something. I was definitely thinking more of a fantasy, like the Ring of Endless Light is some sort of, like, Lord of the Rings-style MacGuffin. I don't know if... Okay, uh, so... But I think either one... We could go so in a works. fantasy or a sci-fi yeah. direction. Um, the problem is that neither of these sound like decom materials. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what else the Ring of Endless Light could be. Um, we have, we have, you know, because there are, you know, science fiction decoms, but that's more like um, Xena, Girl of the Future, where it's kind of like, you know, hmm. you know, a regular teenager plot, but it happens to be in the future. Or we get like the the, the alien one that we did can early on. It's like yeah, can of worms. Where like oh, like there's like one alien, but it's mostly just like a, a middle school movie or something. So there's no like full fledged like sci fi adventures because that's m- too much money that yeah a decom can af- can't afford it. I'm trying to think if there's another meaning of Ring of Endless Light we could go with, but if it was like a <laughs> if it was like a weird. Uh, like like Christian movie, it could like be like a very like simple plot where it's like a ring of endless light is kind of like a like a more thematic metaphor that kind of is a motif that pops up and therefore you name the title after it, but it's not really like what the movie's literally about. Yeah. But then it's like, well, what plot uses that as a motif because it's so esoteric? Yeah. Do you want to just come up with some weird uh, sci-fi movie and then like we know we're yeah. wrong so we might as well that go seems all like, out that seems like the way to go um, just kind of okay um... <laughs> I like this strat because we usually try to guess it like close to right <laughs> but we've never tried to guess it as wrong as possible <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah who do you think who do you think um, which one of the two main characters do you think is going to be kind of the driver or the one who like first gets the quest and initializes? Well, Condor said the Condor said the girl name first, I think. So I'm going to, we're going to go okay. there, you know, much like a wrinkle in time. And then, and so is this a love interest? Is it a brother? How is it a, a father? <laughs> um, who, who's going on this? Who, who's going on this space trek? I think it'd be fun to have this be a sibling pair, a brother and a sister. Hmm. Yeah. You should you should embark on long journeys with your siblings. It's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's more likely that it's a love interest in the actual decom, but I think it'd be fun for it. There can be a different love interest. Yeah. That's just like not the main cast. A lower build love um, interest. Condor, that was a joke about long long journeys with your siblings. We've been doing great so far. What? Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are still thinking, so I'm I'm making sure I've got all my facts in line for the. But um, I have to read it out. Sorry. Okay, so so Leo, is it sort of a, is it sort of like a supernatural thing, like a wrinkle in time where they're like kind of going, but it's like not like people on Earth like don't really know about it, or are they like literally just getting in a space shuttle and going? Uh, I think. I was thinking like Narnia, more of where a, they like, find a portal shuttle, or something. But um maybe um there's got to be some like older figure who kind of leads them on this quest if they're I I'm assuming they're fairly young because it is a decom. So I'm thinking there's some sort of like older parental or like teacher figure who finds out about this ring of endless light. Here's what I'm going to say. They're they're reading like some old Galileo let's say or you know some astronomer <laughs> and they like sort of like Goonies where they like find a map in the in the attic they like they like uncover some some magical like some like never seen before Galileo um, journal or diary and it's like whoa what's this ring of endless light that he discovered and then they're like they have like a grandfather mm. who was like oh I was I was f- friends with Galileo's great nephew and he gave me this book and so like that's kind of your connection but also connection to the like a great scientist that you find it's it's more of a ya novel type thing but let's it it applies Mm -hmm. usually to this sort of thing so they find galileo's secret journal and um they're gonna like we're gonna go discover the ring of endless light and then they get a spaceship <laughs> somehow so they did, procure and maybe a so maybe they find this when they're kids oh. maybe they find this when they're kids and then they kind of there's like a flash forward to they when they grow up yeah. again we're not beholden to trying to make this accurate so we can just mm-hmm. do this so sort of like the um the the Fantastic 4 movie uh yeah not the not the one with Chris Evans in it but the later one that was really mm-hmm. bad where like it starts out with like a, a like 20 minutes of them being kids and kind of discovering something scientific and then we cut to you know 15 years later and now they're like literally applying yeah, it yeah that makes sense so it's kind of a combination of like the YA we discovered a secret thing that no one has ever found before we're going to try to find it before bad guys mm-hmm. do and this kind of Fantastic Four riff where it's like uh, the thing we discovered when we were kids, we're going to try to find it now, now that we are real scientists. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think the Ring of Endless Light is like an infinite energy style, like Tesseract thing where it's like. That makes sense. I was going to say it's like a renewable resource type place. Um, Is it the friendship they made along the way? (laughs) Um, Well, we, Condra, we all know from. the universe of energy that the only truly renewable resource is brain power. That's true. Mm. I'm sorry, Tyler. That's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> Thank you. That was a reference to the uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye ride that it is now no longer in Disney's Epcot Center. Oh. Um, anyway, so yes, they're going there, Gia. Mm-hmm. And are they trying to beat? Are they trying to? It seems like they would be trying to beat other people there. Though that doesn't Ooh, really make yeah, sense there's for like an long evil distance corporation space travel. Who? Um... without fail every week like who somehow although again we're not we're not yeah they spied on them so this is kind of like in jurassic park how um dennis nedry is trying to steal the embryos and deliver them to a comp uh competitor Mm -hmm. there's kind of like this other company who's kind of like thrown a wrench into their plans and, uh, well, I mean, let's just go there. So there's a giant space battle between our main <laughs> characters and the, the corporations. Um, do you shuttle. think it's like a Star Wars style dogfight where our main character 
turns out to be like a Poe Dameron style, incredible uh, space pilot. I was going to say more. It's more like a Star mm. Trek um, fight where there's they kind of have to like make tactical decisions. But maybe within that, there's a there's a Star Wars style like Han and Luke in the canons of the Millennium Falcon yeah. aspect to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, OK. And what's the tension between our brother and sister? Ooh, um, maybe the brother like maybe one of them believes it's real and the other one doesn't. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe like one of them. Not to the extent that the corporation does, but maybe one of them wants to just like give the light to the government to give like free energy to everyone. And one of them wants to like make money off of it. And then the person who wants to give it away for free wins in the end. Well, I was going to say maybe one of them wants to give it, give it to the government, but the other one wants to like, you know, not go through the channels mm. of the government and make it free act like literally free for everyone. Yeah. Like a, like an Avengers style thing or like a civil war, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like public no, that access. Seems, that seems like a strong stance for Disney to take of, we should, <laughs> we shouldn't <laughs> let the government rule. Don't us. trust the big corporation. <laughs> yeah. And so they get there. So they, they beat the corporation, except maybe there's like one good guy with the corporation that yeah. helps them. And they like they have to kind of like fix up their ship, but they finally get there after like you know light years of travel. That somehow they have maybe have faster than light travel. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> um, and they get there and they find it. Is there like a snag when they get there that's like, oh, it's oh, it's real, but it's not what we thought. I think there's got to be some kind of snag when they get there. I don't know. I kind of want the snag to be aliens, but that seems too much. <laughs> If it was if it was a Star Trek this a, a very Star Trek thing for it to do to do would be like oh we found this place and we want to tap it for its resources but we actually really discovered that this energy is being used by another kind of race or civilization and if we took it we would be like you know violating the prime directive or stealing or like ruining their society and so we have to lie and say that it was false even though we want so much in our hearts to say that the thing that we believed our whole lives and everyone else said was false. We want, we want to be able to prove it was mm. real, but we need to lie and say it was false. Maybe mm. we could make it like they create an alliance with these, uh, with these aliens that are using it where they like share technology and resources. So they like take some sort of ambassador back on their trip. That's like, I don't know, a person. With okay. I like that paint on their skin or something (laughs) and um i like that so that like they didn't get what they wanted but they got something better and um and then the ring of endless light can actually be the friendship they made along the way yes (laughs) (laughs) yay well geo i think we did a great job i think that sounds like a pretty good kids novel or you know like young young adult movie like adaptation i'm sure it's exactly right it definitely sounds better than what they did here. Um, so the funny thing is, Tyler, right off the bat, you knew it was Madeline Langell. Oh, wow. You said I it did? without even like going there. Like I didn't say anything, but you were like, oh, it sounds like Wrinkle in Time. A hundred percent because it's Madeline Langell's book. 
Okay. Which is pretty wild. And I was like, how did he, like, did he remember this from the library? But then you didn't know what it was about. Well, but it was still, like, very weird well, like, that you from, picked up. From a- the beginning, I was doing a, a Wrinkle in Time riff, I guess. Yeah. So it was just, that was super weird. Um, but this is not part of the Wrinkle in Time series. Um, it's a standalone. 16-year-old young girl is visiting her grandfather on an island with her two siblings and um her name is vicky vicky is facing several challenges uh her grandfather seems to be very ill though he says nothing is wrong she knows this troubled young man who other teenager um from from previous summers but he's back again and they they're friendly enough um Interestingly, I didn't realize this when I picked this movie, but the the troubled young young man, uh, Zachary Gray, is played by none other than Jared Padalecki from Supernatural, which is funny um, and unintentional on my part, but I'm happy that I found it. Uh, um, and then <laughs> another young boy shows up on the island. Um, his name is Adam, and he recruits it says um vicky to help with a research project that he's conducting on dolphins um and vicky discovers she can communicate telepathically with dolphins whoa whoa and i was gonna say i was gonna say kids out there someone asks you to help with their research project about dolphins just say no (laughs) (laughs) but in this case it sounds like it's okay um or at least with this specific dolphin that um adam is researching and the the plot description is unclear, but she can potentially communicate telepathically with Adam. It's unclear. Um, it, Whoa. And then, so, she is growing increasingly more distressed um, as her grandfather seems to be dying, but he is a great supporter and, like, gentle wisdom, grandfatherly type. A rivalry develops between the two boys as they both vie for Vicky's affection, <laughs> but um, they realize they need to work together to expose illegal use of drift nets, um, which are killing the dolphins that they're trying to research. Mm. And um, they end up, Adam has is almost killed in a dramatic tension scene in which he is trapped underwater in one of these nets along with the dolphin that they're they've been researching and they they managed to save the dolphin and adam just in time um wow oh, thank god uh, yeah w- fortunately with the help of vicky's grandfather but it was too much for his grandfather and he passes shortly thereafter oh. and apparently th- there's a subplot that was not mentioned in the description previously about um Vicky having some words with her parents about which, which path she would be taking in the future, col- college and career-wise, and she takes inspiration from her grandfather's wisdom and follows her own path. Wow. So it's apparently nice. very different than the book. There's a lot more death and um, darker themes, as Madeline, Madeline Lingle doesn't shirk away from, like heavier emotions and stuff so in the in the book there's more death yeah you say? yeah okay and and it's just it's more emotionally complex um a review of this movie described it as gidget meets flipper 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ring of Endless Light, based on the book by Madeline Langle. So, I was going to say that the book sounds like it would be really good, like, if the prose is really well written, it's just kind of like a meditative thing where, like, this girl's kind of on the island and she has these different conversations with different people mm-hmm. and there's this kind of weird supernatural element. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of hoping it would turn out that the dolphin was an alien and fly off into space at the end, <laughs> no. a la Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No. Or like some sort of mysterious supernatural ending that kind of raised more questions. Like, yeah. kind of almost Twin Peaksy, where it's just kind of more like, you know, every like everyone's kind of normal, but also things are a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the book very well could have more of that. Madeline Lengel does not shy, did not shy away from supernatural stuff, but um, yeah. But I think the subtle element of supernatural to build on all of these more complex emotions uh, um apparently in the book one of the one of the boys like deals with suicide and there's more death around them and one of the dolphins dies and like there's just a lot more grief around them so to only have a little bit of supernatural element to what otherwise is a very emotionally complex story and for Disney to completely like remove most of that complexity <laughs> into like a romp against an evil company <laughs> or an evil person trying to take nature. We did get so. the evil company trying to take nature, right? Which is very surprising. <laughs> what um is it? <laughs> I don't know if I missed it, but what was the Ring of Endless Light referring to? Do you know? Um <laughs> my guess is something to do with like the underwater you get these like glows mm. but that's just a guess i have no <laughs> idea what it's actually referring to. so we had no chance so it might have been like something like like it might have been like you know a, a small bit of poetry that the grandfather had written or something mm. like you know so something that before we had started guessing where i said like it's some sort of like motif that appears but isn't like the defining thing in the plot yeah, I think it is referring to something about the um the, the like underwater though. Or maybe the island that they're on. Mm, also a possibility. Yeah. So um is it on Disney Plus, Condra? It is on Disney Plus. And Gio, which movie do you want to watch now? Uh definitely ours. Um <laughs> I wanna watch yours too. <laughs> Make it happen. Um yeah, ours seems like ours seems like standard space adventure, but you know, Sometimes that's if all you well need. Made, then, you know, a, if well made, you know, like a good movie to take your 10-year-old yeah. kid to, like, that an adult won't be embarrassed to see. Like, I think those types of movies should and do exist, but but not enough. And sometimes a standard space adventure is really all you need. Yeah. Okay, uh, Geo, do you have anything <laughs> to plug this time? Um, sure. Uh, I, I, uh, I guess I'll... Um plug voting i mentioned this a bit before we started um but uh if you live in the u.s specifically but also really in any uh democracy you should use your use your vote and do that um there are plenty of online resources to help you do that uh vote.org is the one i usually use thank you wow powerful message (laughs) thank you geo Condra, what about us? People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T-GoldenArt on Instagram. And our music, which was composed by Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. Geo, 
Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been an absolute delight. It's been an absolute delight for me as well. This was wonderful. And we'll definitely have to have you back for HSM (laughs) 2 and 3. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Start thinking about what minutes you want. (laughs) Um, Are you going to listen to these episodes after you've been in there? I think I'll try and then probably get uncomfortable and stop is what I'm guessing is going to (laughs) happen. Start hearing how your voice sounds in audio and be like, ew, no. Um, hey, Kondra, who have you been? I've been Kondra. <laughs> and I've been Tyler. <laughs> I've been Gio. And next time, we'll have another episode. And it might have a guest, and it might not. But Kondra and I will be here, because that's how the show works. You can bet on it. 